Global Heart Design presents the Parental Toolbox Podcast. Hi, this is Dana Guido. And this is Jim Guido. And today on this podcast, we're going to talk about framing. Probably you've heard about framing in many different ways. Sometimes we think of framing as the frame that we put around a picture. And we know that if you've ever gone to a frame shop and you see there's hundreds of frames sometimes to choose from in colors, and it changes the picture, the way you see the picture, depending on the frame that you put around it. We also talk about framing in photography, the way that you set up the camera and what you're going to show onto the lens and, and then put out into your picture. That's framing. When we talk about framing with verbal skills, and this is why we have it in our section on power of words, we're talking about choosing consciously the words that we want to use to present an alternative way of thinking or maybe experiencing something, internalizing an experience. It might be the way that we talk in a conversation. So these are, this is what we're talking about with framing is, is that it's the conscious choice of words that we're using. Yeah. And I think framing is like a parent's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's such a versatile tool. It can be used in almost any situation. And what's nice about the tool is effective tool. So many of the skills that are in the book are used best when they're framed well. Mm-hmm. You're right. And again, I always bring in these podcasts. It's not just about the parenting relationship. I know that is the parental toolbox. But it's in every situation, all relationships, how we frame something and how we're stating it and how even in our relationship to ourselves, we can frame like I'm really lazy today or we could frame it in the way that I'm taking a little bit of a rest time right now, a little bit of a respite to gather up some energy. So those are two different things from being lazy and being and taking some rest. And you did a perfect reframe in the first sentence after I stopped. Is oh, you that, did it? Yes. So that we went from me saying that framing had to do with parenting. Oh, yeah. And you said you reframed it and you put it in a whole different context, which is the beauty of frames. They can be used in any situation. Right. Very versatile. You like to call it a, the Swiss Army knife. And we're not quite sure that people actually use Swiss Army knives, but we still have them and we use them. <laughs> so there you go. it makes sense to us. Yeah. It's a great wilderness kind of association. I think so. That's true. Uh-huh. So. One thing is that many times our kids have a tendency to get stubborn or they get locked or they get resistive. And that oftentimes we talk about the power of words, that if we use slightly different words, we can get them unlocked. And that is the framing. It's if your child has a difficulty with a certain word you use, like it's really important. Like if you notice in the book, we talk about mutual respect. And we talk about cooperation. We don't really focus on words like obedience. Right. (laughs) That's not really a... Or compliance. Or compliance. It's not really a kid-friendly term. Right. Right. (laughs) So that's a frame. It's the same information. It's the same goal. It's the same basic attitude, but it's framed differently. From the difference of you telling your child, obey me, as opposed to let's cooperate or let's respect each other, you're going to have a much better listening audience usually if you say about cooperation. And why we talk about mutual respect, it's not just about respecting me. It's about that we have mutual respect. Which is a frame again. Right, that's right. We talk about kid-oriented rationales. 
the idea behind that is that when you are talking to your child, it's important to give them the reasons rather than because I told you so. We all know that. And sometimes we do kind of retreat into this, I told you so. When you can give somebody the reason of why you want them to do something or why you want them to change or your idea about something and maybe some ideas around problem solving, if the rationales are related to what your child is wanting in life, those are kid-oriented rationales. So that the rationale oftentimes of that's going to get you into college, that for a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old, that might be pretty far off that they're not really thinking about college. It's going to get you a good job in the long run. Whereas if the rationale has something to do about getting to the skate park later tonight, yes, that just makes a huge difference. That's much more immediate. And it's a kid. That's why we call them kid-oriented rationales. Yeah. And that's a different kind of frame. We're framed. Right. We could also say kid-friendly frames. Yeah, that's true. We could <laughs> have done that. That's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Well, maybe the next version <laughs> of the book. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all we're doing is trying to find ways that things resonate with our kids. And so you find the words that unlock the door. And that's the framing of it. Right, right, right. So we're replacing reactive or triggering language in many situations to something that would be much more of a response versus a reaction much less of a trigger to somebody that we, if we know that something that we say is triggering to them, we change the way that we say that. We change the frame of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we also talk many times about how we talk about skills over topics and that a topic would be a specific argument over, can I have so-and-so over the house tonight? And you have reasons for it not to happen. And then it's turning to an argument. Well, if you start to reframe it about the discussion being whether Tommy can come over overnight to their ability to handle disappointment and accept no, then you reframe the situation and you made it about a skill. Mm-hmm. So much of what we focus on in the book is a way to get beyond power struggles and get beyond arguments and get beyond that stubbornness is to frame things in a way which that your child can see that it's about a skill and not personal. And that you're on their side and you're helping them. When you compassionately try to help them handle disappointment, it's a lot different experience to your child than Johnny can't come over. Right. That's right. (laughs) And so another part of that would be then offering some validation that you maybe can understand or you can empathize with them a little bit, that you're validating, you're, you're having some curiosity about their viewpoint. You're attuning to them and listening to them. And then you offer an alternative viewpoint. Your viewpoint might come from a little bit, you know, from a different place because you're older, a different generation. You've been through some things before that they haven't. But you're starting with that place of validation so that there is a place of understanding. That's why we spend a lot of time talking about attunement. And you've all heard that so much. It really makes a difference. The attunement also makes a difference in the framing. The more that we can try to connect with another person, we see it differently. There's the frame. It's different. We see it. Maybe we're not really in their shoes, but we can see it from their viewpoint a little bit more. You know, as a person that is, I would say I am 5'2", although you sometimes argue with that, that I'm not quite 5'2", but I I am. I'm I'm 5'2". And so, but sometimes I'm in the room with somebody who's 6'2", or something, and I wonder, what is that like? 
you know, I, I reframe it. They're looking at things so differently than I am. Just in the, in the midst of being in, of walking down the street, what you see or in a room, what you see is very different. That idea that we try to get into what is our kids seeing? How are they seeing it? There's the frame. Yes. And you use the word validation and you mm-hmm. were just talking about it in terms of like attunement, mm-hmm. but also another skill we talk about is embracing ambivalence. Yeah. And oftentimes, when our kids are going through a lot of different emotions and different stages, you know, when they're hitting puberty, they're starting to uh, have a whole bunch of feelings they've never had before, that they have a lot of feelings. They're complex human beings. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're going to offer one feeling and we validate that feeling. And then we go ahead and have them see a different perspective. And once we've had them validate that feeling, they're more open to listening to a different perspective. And the frame is, it's okay to have more than one feeling. Right. That's a big thing that we really focus on. We all have more than one feeling. It's a very rare occurrence that you just feel one feeling about something. Even if it's something like going on vacation, you have a lot of good feelings about going on vacation. But prior to vacation, there's all these things you got to take care of. You got to stop the mail and you got to get all your stuff done for work and all your things, make sure somebody's going to take care of the dog or all these things that you have to do. Now, you could frame it that going on vacation is such a hassle. There's so much I have to do prior to getting out the door for the vacation. Or you could frame it as there's a lot I have to do, but once I get out the door, I get to really play and I don't have all these other responsibilities. Which way do you want to look at it? The, The framing is also that idea of like glass half empty, glass half full, which way are you looking at something? So in any situation, when things become overwhelming, you don't know what to do about it. It's an opportunity at that moment to sit back and think, can I frame this different? When I get mad at somebody or frustrated with somebody, can I look at this situation differently? Can I reframe this? Can I frame it differently? And another word we could use in almost every example that Dana just said there is that instead of the use of word frame, you can use the word option. Right. That's true. Frame is a different option. Yes. When you go go to those the stores where you buy the frames for your pictures, there's all those options. Yes. And sometimes that can seem overwhelming because there's too many options. It also can be that you narrow it down. So you come up with an idea that you're going for. And the better you get at being able to go use different lenses and different frames, the less often you're going to feel handcuffed by your kid. Or you're going to feel cornered. That if you always have different options, different choices, different frames, it's able for you to feel more comfortable in any situation. Right, right. So in framing, we talk about our three R's of reframe, replace, and rewire. And so the framing is the same thing as the reframing. You're framing a situation, you're framing a thought, a feeling, and then you replace it with something because you've got some ideas about it now, and then you can take some action. The action is the replace. Then with practice, and as you do this over and over and over, it rewires your brain. So framing also goes right perfectly into that reframe, replace, rewire, which we talk about in all of the skills. And the fact that there are more than one frame in all situations should be a soothing thing for you, that it takes away the demand to be perfect. Mm -hmm, Right. That there's always more than one tool to be used. And framing often is a tool that leads into, we've already mentioned seven or eight other tools that, right, it, that right. it goes into, and that it relieves the pressure from you. It, you don't have to be perfect. You can go ahead and if you've used a tool 
and it hasn't quite worked well, well then reframe things, see it from a different perspective and use a different tool. Right, right. If we look at all the different philosophies and the, the wisdom traditions, religions and different teachings that we've come up with in our lives, there's many different frames in all of them. We, we're looking at, we're studying something from different frames. That's what happens in those. Yeah, there's a lot of philosophers that that's one of their statements is that one of the major truths is there's many truths. Right, that's <laughs> right. And some people would actually define wisdom as the ability to see things from a lot of different perspectives. That's why we say people get older, they've had more experience. They can see things in different ways. And that's just the essence of wisdom. That's the difference between wisdom and intelligence. Wisdom is having the ability to see things from various perspectives. Well, I think that's a great way to end because we're getting into our wisdom years. And so that's a really go. nice framing that we need to <laughs> take a nap. Yeah. Or, or we could frame it that we've done. Um, we've given a gift to the world by giving this podcast or doing this podcast with all of you. So hopefully this has been helpful. And until next time, take care. Bye. Yep. Bye bye. This recording is a production of Global Heart Design in partnership with Warp Records like to learn more about this content, please visit theparentaltoolbox.com.